Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Good day. Hello, hello. It is MASH Matters, the podcast that celebrates the greatest television show of all time. All time. Thank you, everybody. Thank I you. am a major fan of that show. My name is Ryan Patrick, and the guy who was actually on the show is Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan Patrick. And yes, I did work on that show. Cute little job. Cute little job. <laughs> Gotta tell you. Looks good on the old resume, doesn't it? It does. It beat the heck out of when I used to sell uh, above-ground Esther Williams swimming pools. That That was a tough one. <laughs> I got to tell you, and we're starting, you know, I hate to, you know, reveal this right now, but you and I are starting another podcast about above ground swimming pools. We are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a secret. So we can't talk too much about it. It's called making a splash. It's going to be yeah. a big, hit. big, I know. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge. huge. Uh, so what was Esther Williams really like, Jeff? That's what I want to know. Oh, golly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never actually met the good Esther Williams. Oh, yeah. The problem, all I met was people who sold that stuff. The problem with the pool, and um, it was big in, in the east where you live, because the ground freezes. So you can't make plaster pools because the frozen ground will crack the plaster pool. Mm -hmm. So above ground swimming pools are very popular because they don't crack. They may freeze but they won't crack. Mm -hmm. So they thought, well, hey, we can, we're selling a lot of them in back east. We can sell them in California. <laughs> okay. So as a young whippersnapper, I got a job selling Esther Williams above ground swimming pools. And they told me how to do it. And I used to go to people's houses, <laughs> show them the pictures of the pools. And we started selling a lot of Esther Williams above ground swimming pools. I was a happy young kid. I was making a bunch of money selling pools. Until one day I went into the sales office and the sales manager had his head in his hands and uh, sort of sobbing. And I said, John, what's the matter? Oh, the pools are exploding. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, you, it took them seven days to set up the pool. They come in, they prepare the ground, and then they put the shell around it, and they fill it up. So it took, you'd be swimming in seven days instead of six weeks. Okay, great. The problem was there were um, defective rivets sent to the California orders. Oh, no. And so they'd fill it with thousands of gallons of water and they'd explode. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it wasn't, wasn't good. So, and one young boy went flying through really, really sharp metal and almost oh. cut his head off. So that was the oh. end of my career. <laughs> wow. All right. There you go. <laughs> well, all right. That's been episode 27 of uh, MASH Matters. Thank you. So I guess uh, if we ever do take sponsors, I'm guessing that Esther Williams pools will not be at the top of our, our list here, right? Not, don't count on it. Yeah, don't count on it. All right. Well, uh, hey, no, this is going to be uh, a long-awaited and long-delayed season three recap. I think the last time we did a recap of uh, one of the seasons was uh, way back in the olden days. Uh, I think it was like uh, earlier this spring. I don't know when we did the season two recap. And we've had several listeners contact us and say, hey, are you ever going to do season three? Yeah. You know, maybe we should do these recaps a little uh, more frequently so it doesn't take us the length of the actual series itself to get through <laughs> all of these season recaps. So uh, we're going to be talking about season three today. Jeff, I know you 
you have a, a theory about this, uh, but as I was reviewing these episodes and trying to pick my favorites, it dawned on me that season three is really when this show started clicking. It really did start to click in season three. I mean, after all, the, the show was new and it was kind of the first time these kinds of themes were done in a comedic show a quote sitcom. Mm -hmm. So it took a while, I think, for everybody, the writers and the actors to get traction and to really feel it and get in the groove and find their voice. So it took those two years. And you remember, uh, MASH was almost canceled. Uh, at the end of the second season, I believe that's when, you know, CBS went, yeah, ratings are your 53. I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. Mm hmm. And I do know that Larry and Gene Reynolds went to the network and, you know, said, no, 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 let's do it. Come on, let's keep it going. It's going to work. And so I think season three, everybody kind of settled down and got more in touch with the voice of each of their characters, as did the writers. And I think that's why it all sort of took off, exploded, and, and really made the show shine because it was... Everybody was working on all six burners, you know, it was, a, I think that's what happened in season three and it didn't stop. You know, it, it was a, you know, a powerful train. It kept going for a number of years. We put the call out on Facebook and Twitter about season three episodes. We wanted to know what is your favorite season three episode and why? And what we're about to read here is just a portion of the responses. Man, oh man, you guys love season three. Uh, we had a, a variety of uh, episodes. Yeah. So let's just jump right in here. Larry Caressel, he said, my favorite season three episode is springtime. I can probably recite that entire episode from memory. Hmm. It has my favorite Igor line. Two with everything. I'm busy, fella. No, 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 no. I said two with everything. No. Everything is just what you're going to get. Oh, that was an easy thing to uh, act because he was a big guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really was a big guy. <laughs> AJ Gall, she says, uh, favorite season three episode is Officer of the Day. Who would ever think that This Is Me could be so funny? Plus, you have Flag at his most deranged, Clinger's escape antics, and and the pinstripe suit of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie Narragon says, my favorite season three episode is either Adam's Ribs, how can you not love that episode, or Big Mac, because that was the first episode I taped to keep. So when I binge my VHS, that's the first episode I always watch. How cool. That's cool. Uh, what's VHS? I don't remember. <laughs> what is that? Back in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me just put it this way. Abe Lincoln would uh, watch VHS while he wrote by candlelight. Oh, oh, interesting. Well, that's, that's, a, that's wonderful. He was a good president. <laughs> Kathy Fields says, the general flipped at dawn. Mm -hmm. Aha, because the army is a lot like real life. Anyone can seem sensible until you start listening to what they're saying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. And John Capiello, he says, I'm going with Aid Station. Love how Hawkeye, Margaret, and Klinger work together. Mm -hmm. Margaret even complimenting both Hawkeye and Klinger at different points. We see more advancement in Margaret's character. But what really got me was Blake's genuine concern for them. Just a great episode. Yeah, it's it's one of those early episodes where you start to see a little different side of Margaret. Yep. Butch Newton also, he also votes for Adam's Ribs. He says the steps they go through from Mr. Resnick to Mildred Feeney to the Sergeant at i -Corps who wanted an S-47 stroke 19J accompanying, although I feel bad for Hawkeye at the end every time because uh, he never does get to eat his ribs. <laughs> and uh, Chris Tkarczyk also said Adam's Ribs my favorite episode in the entire show. 
I even named my daughter Resnick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she appreciates that, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And Laura Empey. Laura, you say Alcoholics Unanimous. Lots of good humor. My favorite scenes are Father Mulcahy giving his lecture while drunk himself. Radar, will you open up the stained glass window? (laughs) Hawkeye, Trapper, and Margaret together as they rattle around in their bones. And because Alice Faye goes to the big city and loses her voice, we need a drink. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Philip Sanders, he says the general flipped at dawn. Harry Morgan played the part of General Steele. That's threes, not all in a row. Brilliantly. His interactions with all the characters was priceless, especially when you see the look on the chopper pilot's face when Steele tells him. But first... A number. Or Klinger's expression when he says, Not now, Marjorie. I'm inspecting the troops. <laughs> if that was an audition for Colonel Potter, he certainly nailed it. The only thing left to say is, uh, Excuse me, where's the little general's room? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was reading this great book that I've, uh, I've talked about on here before, which is uh, TV's MASH, the ultimate guidebook by Ed Solomonson and Mark O'Neill. Mm-hmm. They were able to get some commentary from Larry Gelbart before he passed. Uh, Jeff, you have commentary in here. Gary Berghoff has commentary in here. And it's interesting he mentions that if that was a an audition for Colonel Potter, well, obviously I don't think it was necessarily an audition, but uh, Gary Berghoff talks about that one particular scene in that episode. Uh, General Steele asks Radar, where are you from, son? None comes. The backbone of the service. Where are you from, son? Iowa, sir. No talking in race! <laughs> Gary Berghoff says it took them like 18 times to get that because Gary kept breaking. He kept cracking. <laughs> and he would he would see it coming from a mile away and he knew it was coming, but it would still get him every time. But he says that he, he thinks maybe that was a decisive moment when Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds saw the incredible chemistry that he had with Harry Morgan. Yeah. So when the time came and, and uh, McLean decided to leave the show, I'm wondering if one of their first instincts was to go, you know, Harry Morgan. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure what you're saying is correct. I mean, Harry Morgan, how can you beat Harry Morgan? Oh, yeah. And after, especially after that show and seeing that, and then, you know, when uh, McLean did leave, where else are you going to go? Yeah. It was a perfect direction. They all knew it. And they were lucky to get Harry Morgan. I mean, he's a, he was a <laughs> yeah. special, special actor. And uh, did you know, a little trivia, Harry Morgan is not his real name. Oh, really? It's actually Shirley Morgan, which is an interesting... No, no, no. It's not Shirley Morgan. It was... (laughs) I'm sorry. I misspoke. It was um, Henry Morgan. Henry Morgan is actually his legal real name. Mm. But there was another Henry Morgan. So he couldn't, because of SAG, he couldn't have that same name. So he picked Harry. Very interesting. Little trivia for today. I, I kind of wish the Shirley thing was true, though. That was. That well, was it really... is true, but I didn't want to admit it. So, okay. No, it's not. <laughs> Shirley, you jest. Shirley, no. I jest. Randall Buey, he says, Officer of the Day, mainly because it's the first episode with my favorite character actor, Richard Lee Sung. Uh, Richard Lee Sung is, uh, he, he, he showed up on several episodes. Um, of mash and he was always very funny when he would show up kim luck that's the second one we had today that's the way it runs sometimes sir can you identify yourself this is me <laughs> yeah well i guess you wouldn't kid me about a thing like that <laughs> bring him to the hospital our pal tina marie krasner says sorry guys but i can't pick one my top five are number one the general flipped the dawn, certainly. Harry Morgan was just wonderful as General Steele. Number two, springtime. Klinger in a wedding dress. Cat in post-op and Lyle. 
Number three, Rainbow Bridge, Frank Burns Gun. What the hell is that? Number four, Private Charles Lamb. Funny from start to finish. And number five, Tina Marie says, Abyssinia Henry. It was sad saying goodbye to Colonel Blake. Randy Coble says, The General Flipped at Dawn, Love and War, Abyssinia Henry. How can you choose? That's like asking me about my favorite child or Zeppelin song. (laughs) (laughs) Scott Parsons says, If I have to choose one, it has to be Abyssinia Henry. When you can have a hilarious comedy followed by a powerful drama in one half-hour episode, it just goes to show the talent of all the people involved. No matter how many times I see this episode, I still run that roller coaster of emotion. Yeah. Amen. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, Mike Jameson, Big Mac. Just wall-to-wall laughs from beginning to end. My belly button's been puckering and unpuckering all day. <laughs> Can you say that on podcast? I don't know. We're going to find out. We'll find out. And Chuck Eaton says, this season, they really hit a stride. Every single episode is solid. There you go. Ta-da. You're right. Joe Swank, my buddy Joe, he says, can't pick a favorite from the season, but reading through them, it did remind me how much of a joy it was to see Colonel Flag showing up on episodes as he is in a few in season three. He added so much over-the-top machismo weird to already weird situations. I still to this day often say, I am the wind, and my mind inevitably follows with, the wind just broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, Bolo over on Twitter, he said, I went to check the episode list, confident that a favorite would jump out at me. 30 minutes later, I still haven't decided. I'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Trying to narrow this down to a top three was really tough for me, too. So yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. And on Twitter, Stephen Wilson says, officer of the day. So many great lines. Kim, lucky day. Great tailor, but with a lousy sense of direction. One of our teddy bears is missing. I will even have Hari Kari if you show me how. Meanwhile, Aunt Martha, having taken a tramp in the woods, is lying in a ditch at the edge of town. (laughs) Ruth on Twitter. Undoubtedly, it has to be the season ender. I'm always doubled up when I'm watching Hawkeye, Raider, and Trapper in a drunken celebration at Rosie's. For some reason, the witch tree gets me. And I always tear up when Radar announces that Henry's plane has gone down. David Blanks on Twitter says, uh, Officer of the day, I literally just need one word to explain. Carry. I will not carry a gun, Frank. When I got into this war, I had a very clear understanding with the Pentagon. No guns. (laughs) I'll carry your books. I'll carry a torch. I'll carry a tune. I'll carry on, carry over, carry forward, carry Grant, cash and carry. Carry me back to old Virginia. I'll even Harry carry if you show me how, but I will not carry a gun. Janelle on Twitter says, Iron Guts Kelly is my favorite. Margaret teaming up with Hawkeye and Trapper. Frantically dealing the situation is hilarious. Particularly, Margaret lies to Frank about why General Kelly was in her tent, making up each word one at a time as she went along. So funny. (laughs) And Blake on Twitter. Blake says, Alcoholics Unanimous. Loretta Switz. Who was that? Kills me every time. I'd have sworn that line was improvised if I didn't know better. That terrible! <laughs> now, anyone, anyone caught Ooh. with any kind of intoxicating beverage will be severely disciplined. <laughs> well, we'll drink to that. Who was that? I, I still think that of all the people who played drunk on MASH, that Loretta plays my favorite drunk. <laughs> and that was 
probably the best drunk line uh, from Loretta Swit. Well, she was really drunk. It was terrible. <laughs> they just they got her tanked out of her mind, and they All go right. Loretta, go go. Another scoop. Another scoop. Oh my. Uh, Bryn Long says, check up. Trapper never got attention, but in this episode, we see how much he means to everyone in the camp and how much they mean to him. A really touching episode overall. My favorite moment is when Hawkeye thanks him during his farewell party. There you go. And Peter Buller or Bueller, whichever one you like, Peter. This is the best season of them all. Countless classics. My personal favorite is springtime. It has a lot of nostalgia for me, and the Klinger wedding is hilarious. Mike Blount says, Private Charles Lamb, Greek Easter at the 4077th, and Radar tricks Henry into giving a lamb a medical discharge over the PA. Attention all personnel. Please contact Colonel Blake if anyone knows the whereabouts of tonight's entree. In the meantime, be on the lookout for a white Caucasian lamb. He is reported to be unarmed and considered to be delicious. That is all. (laughs) And finally, uh, Wayne over on Twitter, he summed it up. Which is your favorite season three episode? He says all of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. So that's just a few of the responses we got back from you. Thank you so much. I just kind of want to go back to the when I was babbling on about the fact that season three, they kind of you know, got in the in the sweet spot of it. I really think they did. And, you know, when you do anything, whatever job you do, uh, there's a moment at which point you kind of get it, you know, and it suddenly becomes something that you do uh, naturally, not you don't think about it. It's like a golf swing. Well, I can't do that very well. But if, if, if I could, it's like a golf swing. You can suddenly just your body just does it as opposed to thinking about each thing you do. And I think that's what happened to MASH. And it happens to any television series, really. Uh, if it doesn't happen, they get canceled. They don't work. Right. Uh, but if it does happen, they they hang around and they connect with everybody because everybody on the set, everybody, the writers and the actors and everything, they find their voice and they connect with each other. They connect with the material and suddenly we connect with them because we all relate to that same moment. So season three is really, really a special moment in the life of MASH because I, my guess is had it not happened, we may not have seen season four. And another, I think another uh, big reason why there was such a, a big jump between season two and season three is that in between seasons, Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds visited Korea again between seasons two and three mm-hmm. you know it's like anything you you go to an event and you come back from that event on fire you come back with so many ideas and so many new things you want to try uh and that's what you start seeing one great episode after another in season three uh i'm sure that was the spark mm-hmm. uh, doing research on season three i just found some interesting facts about some of these episodes and just would like to run through some of these real quick the episode or of course that entire episode took place in the or and whenever any filming was done in the OR, they would not do a laugh track. So because that episode was entirely in the operating room, this is the first episode of the series without a laugh track, which is fine with me because I can't stand the laugh track. Mm -hmm. Check up. You know, we heard a little bit about that earlier uh, from Bryn uh, and how, you know, that was really a Trapper focused episode. And that's the episode where Trapper thinks he's going to get to go home because he has an ulcer. And so they throw a big going away party and people say nice things about him. But right before that, what I like about that episode is it does feature that goodbye speech between Hawkeye and Trapper. And seeing as how this is Wayne Rogers last season, however, he did not decide to leave until after the filming of the season was complete. 
we never did get to see the goodbye trapper episode. Mm -hmm. And so if anything, this moment right here to me is a fitting goodbye to trap. Thanks, Trent. What? You made it bearable. I was lucky. You were honest and open. You let me lean on you. No charge. If I'm ever back this way, I'll keep a light burning for you in a bedpan. Alcoholics Unanimous, uh, Hi Averback, he received nominations for the Emmys and the Directors Guild for that one. And then also in the episode Bombed, Hi Averback, he directed that episode. And then he also appears in the episode, but you don't see him, you hear him. He's the announcer on the Bob Hope show that's playing on the radio in the OR. And he, if you listen carefully, he even introduces himself as Hi Averback. From Seoul in South Korea, it's been the Bob Hope show. And he was a he was an actor. You can see him on Lucille Ball's show, on the Lucy show. He really? apparently she shows up a little bit. I think it was when they were in Hollywood. Hmm. Or maybe not. I can't remember now whether he was one of Ricky's agents or something like that, but or or he shows up when they're in when they go to Los Angeles and see all the movie stars. But High was High was uh, an actor for a long time, and then he transitioned into being a director. He was a really terrific guy. He was he was mm. a very very nice man, and we I got along with him famously, and he was a really sweet guy. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, Mad Dogs and Servicemen is an episode where we're first introduced to Michael O'Keefe. He makes his first of two appearances on Mash. He's he's probably best known as playing Danny Noonan in Caddyshack. Hey, Mr. Webb, can I ask you something? Sure thing. Shoot, Timmy. Danny. Danny. And then he also appeared in War of Nerves from season six. Now, in that TV's MASH, the ultimate guidebook I was talking about earlier, they have a quick little blurb from him. And he says, I appeared twice on the show, interestingly enough, in similar parts. And frankly, I didn't like my first appearance, but I liked my second one. (laughs) (laughs) Both times he appeared, he basically played the same character. He played an angsty young man. A lot of people here at Cockroach General think that you can't do anything for yourself, like, like walk or anything. I don't think that's true. What do you think? I think you're wrong. That's one of the many um, examples of them bringing back the same actor to play different parts. You know, we've already talked about Harry Morgan, Mm -hmm. obviously, coming as General Steele and then being brought back uh, for long term as as Colonel Potter. But, uh, you know, people like Richard Lee Sung and Mako, who we'll talk about here shortly, and Dennis Dugan, who also is a a notable guest star from this season. They returned later and uh, played completely different parts. Mm -hmm. I don't think the shows nowadays could get away with that like MASH did. Uh, If you brought back the same actor to play a different role, it would be confusing. Yeah, very. Yeah, but uh, but that wasn't the case back then. Now, we had a question come in about the episode Bulletin Board. This is an episode that uh, Alan Alda received an Emmy nomination for directing. Um, this is the episode two where they have the big first annual Polly Adler birthday cookout picnic and barbecue, which is interesting <laughs> because uh, Polly Adler ran a, an infamous brothel in New York in the in the 20s and 30s. So why they decided to name that cookout after her, I have no idea. But You know, I, I, I didn't know that, uh, Ryan, but you... <laughs> obviously did so i i did research jeff oh, you did? I didn't, okay i didn't like I, know it 
personally. Yeah, uh, no, I understand. No, that's fine. It's fine. Anyway, we had an email come in from Chris. And would you mind reading that email, Jeff? Hey, hi, Jeff and Ryan. I have been a MASH fan since it was in first run all those years ago. Oh, a long time ago. Our love for the show was one of the first things my husband and I had in common when we started dating 21 years ago, and we still watch it together several times a week. I just finished watching Bulletin Board and noticed Igor was the anchorman in the tug of war between the enlisted and the officers. How were you lucky enough not to end up in the mud with the rest of the cast? <laughs> also, the mud looked like it may not have been actual mud. Am I right? Thanks for the podcast. I love the stories. And you and Ryan do a great job. Hey, thank you. That's very nice. Chris Tremel. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Wonderful. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Well, uh, first of all, I didn't make the decision uh, not to end up in the mud. Other people did that for me, which I'm very grateful to them. <laughs> and the mud was mud. <laughs> uh, it was mud. A lot of water and a lot of mud and dirt and stuff. It was mud. Yeah. So uh, it was real mud and everybody, you know, that was a really wacky couple of shots there where everybody was falling in the mud. And quite frankly, uh, it was quite a fun thing to do. Sure. Uh, everybody had a, a lot of laughs and got really dirty. And uh, it was it was special. It was a really fun episode. Everybody had a good time. I question the validity here of a team consisting of Hawkeye Trapper, Henry, Margaret, and Frank getting beat by a team of Radar, Klinger, Zale, Goldman, and Igor. <laughs> I mean, let's think well, about this. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel under a lot of pressure now. I thought there were going to be refreshments here. Um, oh, yes. You know, yes. I don't know. I, I think it was just sort of one of those things. But Zale was a very strong guy. So there okay, you go. Okay, okay. And good. so was Igor. He was kind of skinny, but he was strong. Goldman. Now, Goldman, he was stout. He was stout, wasn't he? Goldman, I'll tell you about Goldman. He was a bodybuilder. He was a serious bodybuilder, so he was one of the strongest guys. He was the strongest man on the set of MASH. He really okay, was. Okay, well, yep. there, there you go. That explains it then. There you go. The episode Private Charles Lamb, two things. One, according to Larry Gelbart, the Spam Lamb was indeed made from Spam. What the hell is that? A Spam Lamb! <laughs> and... It's the episode that gave us our closing line here on the podcast. Yeah, well, here's looking up your old address. The Consultant is the episode where Robert Alda makes his first appearance. We have White Gold, which is uh, one of the two appearances this season by uh, Colonel Flagg. And Jeff, you've mentioned a couple of times watching Flagg do a scene where he runs his head into a cabinet. This is that episode, White this Gold. Is, yeah, well, one of the funniest things I've ever seen anybody do. <laughs> Yeah, it was very hard not to laugh when he was doing it. Yeah. Talk about finding the voice of a character. He really found that character and, and the voice of it. And boy, he was, it was special. That was a special character and he did a phenomenal job with it. 
truly. Officer of the Day, of course, that features the famous Igor Cannon bugle scene that we've talked about so many times here on the podcast. And then um, the episode Springtime. Now, this was uh, co-written by Linda Bloodworth and Mary Kay Place. And then Mary Kay Place also appeared in the episode as Lieutenant Louise Simmons, who's the cute little nurse with the glasses that Radar tries to, to woo. You don't give a girl a chance, do you? Huh? Oh, don't play coy with me, you heartbreaker. Always standing off, playing hard to get, while all the time you were looking right through me. I didn't see anything honest. Oh, they're out of the loggins, guys, with you. Uh, Lieutenant, you're bending the book. I have a story about her. Uh, when she, before she was ready to shoot her scene with uh, Radar, uh, she was sitting in the mess tent, and I sat down beside her. I, I was a bit of a cad, and I, you know, you see a cute girl, I, I walked over and said hi. And uh, she was sitting there. I kind of didn't really realize that that's who she was, but I sat down and we started talking, and she said, well, I'm really, really nervous. I said, well, what, why are you really, really nervous? Well, I'm going to do this scene with Radar. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, gee, uh, hey, hey, it's going to go great. He's a terrific guy. Don't worry about it. But why? What's the nerve? Well, I'm not really an actress. I'm a writer. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't feel like I should really be here as an actress. So, gosh, I'm really nervous about being an actress. Well, that kind of didn't stay around with her really long with her because she went on to become quite a, an accomplished actress. Yeah, yeah. And a writer. Mm -hmm. She did very well on both both points. Did you know this? She once hosted Saturday Night Live. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found online the uh, video of her monologue, and I'll, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes for this episode at mashmatterspodcast.com. But yeah, she hosted Saturday Night Live. Little Lieutenant Simmons uh, was the host on SNL. So that was that was interesting. Okay, so that brings me to my top three. Yes. Uh, and this was tough. This was tough. Um, but here is my top three. At number three is the episode Rainbow Bridge. Rainbow Bridge is uh, an episode uh, where uh, Hawkeye and Trapper and Frank and also Klinger and Radar go 50 miles into enemy territory to pick up some American soldiers from a North Korean camp. In return, they had some North Korean soldiers that they had operated on. They were going to do a swap and they were instructed not to bring any weapons. Frank ends up bringing a little tiny, tiny pistol that Margaret gives him. <laughs> what the hell is that? That's a box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> it's also a whistle. Uh, it's also the first time that we get to see Mako. This is his first of four appearances. Is it not enough that your planes harass us day and night? It makes it impossible for me to treat my own people. We make a civilized gesture and you respond by coming here with a gun ready to shoot us down. This guy, man, he had a prolific screen career. He was he sure in did. everything. He was even nominated for an Oscar back in 1966. And he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So, I mean, this this guy, he uh, he passed away uh, in 2006. But, man, he what a career he had. And this is uh, his first appearance. And this is also the first appearance of Loudon Wainwright III. Baby West, 
playing uh, Lieutenant Calvin Spaulding. This should be no surprise. Larry Gelbart named Captain Spaulding after Groucho Marx's character, Captain Spaulding, in Animal Crackers. Mm-hmm. So Rainbow Bridge, that's my number three. Now, number two is an episode that we have already spoken about at, at length. In fact, we devoted an entire episode of Mash Matters to Adam's Ribs. Great episode. We want something else. River of liver, ocean of fish. Can't beat it. It's great. Just one of the perfect episodes from this season. If you are interested in hearing more about that, I encourage you, if you haven't already, go back and listen to our episode about Adam's ribs. In fact, it's just titled Adam's ribs, and you can hear us talk about that. So that brings me to my number one. And this is really not a big surprise because it's such a groundbreaking episode, not just for MASH, but for television in general. So my number one episode from season three is Abyssinia Henry. Colonel. Yo. Do you know what I found in this morning's mail? Uh, now that's a tough one. Now hum a few bars, will you, Radar? <laughs> You're going home. I'm going home? You got all your points. They're discharging you. Discharged? Tokyo, San Francisco, then home. I'm going home. I'm discharged. I'm going, I'm going home. It was the first time in television history, at least American television history, that a main character was killed off in a tragic way. Larry Gelbart told nobody, with the exception of Alan Alda. Alan was the only one who knew, but right before they shot the scene, that's when the scripts were handed out to shoot that scene. Now, that's what I've heard. Jeff, you lived it. You were there for filming that day. What are your memories of that episode and particularly shooting that scene. I uh, remember that that was the end of, that was either a hot end of the, uh, I don't it wasn't the end of the, yeah, I guess it was the end of the season. That was it. Right. Right. And uh, there was, uh, you know, anytime you have the end of a season, everybody has a party. So there was a party scheduled right after the last shot and the shot in the OR was supposed to be the last shot. So everybody was in there, you know, tapping their fingers going, okay, let's get this over with so we can get to the vodka. I mean, that's the party and the food. So it was going to be an exciting, you know, end of season, kind of a holiday-ish, happy feeling. Everybody was very excited to get the festivities underway. And so everybody was in the OR and there somebody said, I guess it was Gene Reynolds direct. No, no. Who? You know who directed, who directed that episode? Larry Gelbart directed that. I thought so. So Larry Gelbart was a director. And uh, we were all waiting for him to, and he did say cut. There was a scene prior to that. He said cut. And then it got kind of quiet. He disappeared. Uh, the other actors disappeared. And uh, nobody kind of knew what was going on. We were all just kind of standing there going, oh, well, maybe something happened. Well, let's wait until we can get to the food. And uh, they came back. It was kind of somber. Uh, it was very quiet. And uh, Larry just said, okay. Let's go. We're going to shoot this. We have one more little scene to do. And uh, he said, action. And uh, everybody was just kind of in the moment in the OR. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. So we were just all being who we were uh, in the moment there. And, you know, Radar comes in and he says what he says. And everybody's going to go, oh, my God, (laughs) what? Really? That was a shock. It was really a shock. And uh, it was a very emotional moment because you're thinking, wait a minute, what? not only was it a shock for the character, but you're thinking, wait, if that's true, we're going to lose McLean Stevenson. He's not going to be here anymore. 
And that was, you know, not a fun thing to think about either. So it was a hard thing to lose the person and the character in One Fell Swoop. And it made it, we kind of knew about McLean, but it made it very, very significant. And it was the, you know, the guillotine came down. Boom. Yeah. He's not coming yeah. back. <laughs> There's going to be no change of mind. Yeah. So it was emotional. It was, it was quite a deal. And what I've read is that McLean was actually still on set and watched that final scene be filmed. Which he didn't know was going to happen. Right. And I am told, I didn't see it, but I am told he left uh, in a very emotional state. Which I can imagine. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. you know, something that you've poured your life into for, for three seasons and then it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to leave a show, but it's a whole other thing to have a character killed off. Of killed a show. off. Yeah. And I think my guess is in his emotional state, number one, he knew he was leaving the show, which was very emotional for him as well. But I think he also obviously was reacting to the uh, fact that the character was killed off. But I think he also was probably very impressed that they did it because McLean was a very bright guy and he was probably impressed the fact that <laughs> they did it the way they did it. Yeah. So I feel bad for him. I mean, he had quite a moment to, to live. Do you hear the uh, the tanks are coming into <laughs> my area here? Take cover! <laughs> Incoming! I hear, I, I hear something, yes. Oh, my God. Gee, well, it's all right. Oh, boy. It's fine. It's just it's the, it's yeah, the, the gardener, I guess, next door. Who... It's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know, uh, yeah, I can imagine it was an emotional thing for everybody involved. CBS was not happy. CBS was not thrilled that they were doing this uh, to this character. Um, it did prompt a lot of letters. You know, this is pre-internet. This is pre-email. So people would pull out their paper and pen and they would say, I am very upset with you, Mr. Mashmaker, for killing off Henry Blake. And they would send it in. And over a thousand letters came into Gene Reynolds and Larry Gelbart. And for a while, actually, to their credit, uh, Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds sat down and hand wrote letters of response to these people who had sent in letters. But eventually the number of letters that were coming in were just, was just overwhelming. So they had to put together a form letter mm -hmm. CBS. In fact, this is so interesting. This blows my mind. CBS disliked that show, that episode so much that when they reran the episode later, I guess in the summer, they cut that OR scene from the episode. Yeah. They just took it out. I mean, so when, when Henry Blake flies off in the helicopter He's going back home. But um, but a quote that I saw from Gene Reynolds said, we didn't want Henry Blake going back to Bloomington, Illinois and going back to the country club and the brown and white shoes because a lot of guys didn't get back to Bloomington. Oh, honey, I got to go. Now, Lorraine, don't tell anybody. We'll just walk into the country club Saturday night, start dancing and let them all cheer. Man, oh, man. What a what a powerful episode. TV Guide in 97 and then again in 2009 ranked this episode number 20 on the 100 greatest episodes of all time yeah. radar put a mask on if that's my discharge give it to me straight i can take it i have a message lieutenant colonel henry blake's plane was shot down over the sea of japan Spun in. 
there were no survivors. You know, there is uh, there is some scuttlebutt that the decision was made not only because it was such a dramatic moment in television history for a comedy to lose a character like that on being killed, um, but there was some. This is scuttlebutt. I'm not saying it's true or it isn't true. But there was apparently some disappointment that McLean Stevenson had decided he was going to leave. So that disappointment could be also interpreted as animosity <laughs> uh, right. or frustration or whatever, any of those kinds of adjectives you choose because it created some, some difficult feelings uh, among the producers. Uh, they had a good thing going. The show had reached its you know, stride. People were, you know, really hitting the marks. It was very, very funny. Ratings were climbing. And suddenly a very significant character that everybody loved decided that he didn't want to be there anymore. Right. So you could, you know, if you put yourself in the place of the producer of the show, you're going to go, what? Yeah. You're making good money. You got, you're an incredible show. This is an iconic situation, quote, situation comedy. Why would you want to leave now? And so, you know, gee, did that frustration translate to, well, let's kill him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you've decided to leave, we're going to make sure that you can't come back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. The most bizarre follow up to this for me was seeing the clip from the share show. And I don't know if this was immediately following it. McLean Stevenson was a guest star on the share show. And at the very beginning of the show, she's uh, introducing her guest stars. She mentions McLean Stevenson is on the show who until recently was on mash. And then they cut to a oh, yeah. shot of. McLean Stevenson in a in a in a lifeboat in a lifeboat a raft. In, full, in full Henry Blake costume saying <laughs> yeah. I, I survived I made it I'm okay and my special guest who we're all happy that he could be here with us tonight he used to play uh, Colonel Henry Blake on MASH and he was recently reported missing in action Mr. McLean Stevenson hey guys I'm okay I'm okay. <laughs> How bizarre is that? How bizarre was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, there, there are clips yeah. of that on YouTube. I'll, I'll put a clip of that in the in the show notes. But yeah, man, that that really surprised me. Yeah, I think that was kind of McLean's way of making peace with the MASH audience. <laughs> Just kind of. Oh, no, I didn't die. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't hate me. <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird moment for everybody. It was it was uh, very, very interesting. And a lot of people, that, I think that decision, you know, surprised a lot of people. And it it made a very big dent in the way you do comedy on television. Yeah. It really pushed the envelope with uh, with how you write it, what you do with it, and what you do with all the characters. And then it it was a really big emotional bomb to a lot of people too, and especially to to McLean. So yeah. yeah, quite an iconic moment. And then following that up with the fact that shortly after that, Wayne Rogers decides to leave the show. So you lose Henry Blake and you lose Trapper between season three and season four. So that was another big hit for the show. And we will, we will of course, discuss season four uh, in our season four recap, which if we're on schedule, we'll be in about three years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did threaten to leave and they said, your name again? Exactly. What's your, 
So, it, you know, I, I, I changed my mind. Oh, wow. Oh, my favorite episode. Oh, yeah. Of season three. Yes. I have to admit, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, go against the grain here a little bit. Uh, well, not really. Somebody also said the same thing. I liked them all. I especially liked the ones that I was in. And that was, those were very, very good to me. And this kind of goes back to our original premise about you being a fan and me being a guy who used to work there. The feelings about the shows are different. And so I remember moments of each show that I was there for. And I remember how important those moments were to me, either because I did a good scene or I didn't do a good scene or I liked somebody or didn't like somebody or something really funny happened or didn't funny happen. So those moments were about being there in that job and not necessarily about the show itself. So my favorite episodes are the ones that I have favorite moments of while working there. So it's kind of an interesting thing. I think it's interesting. It may not have been interesting. I don't know, actually. Was that interesting? It is. And obviously, I mean, you, you, those are the shows are in, and the episodes that are going to stand out to you the most. The episodes where you are dealing with Alex Karras and the episodes where uh, you are blasting a cannon and uh, blowing the bugle out of Radar's hand. Those are going to be moments mm -hmm. that, you're, uh, that, that are going to stick with you. Obviously. So, uh, yeah, I, I, please, I, 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 I'm sorry that I did not ask you if you had any favorite episodes. Uh, I, my apologies. That's all right. You, you, you didn't ask me to that. You didn't ask me to go square dancing. So I, it's okay with me. I understand. Would you like to go square dancing? No. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't want to, uh, dismiss the idea of everybody's having a favorite episode because I, I watch shows and I have favorite episodes of other shows as well. So I understand it. It just, for this particular show, that's kind of the difference between people who watched it on TV and the guy who used to work there. And that's the difference in what our favorite moments were all about. Well, thank you for everybody who sent in their comments about season three, and uh, we will let you know when we're going to do our season four recap. But uh, before that, our next episode is a big one, Jeff. Episode 28. <laughs> if you are new to Mash Matters, uh, way back in like episode four or five or something, uh, there was a question that was posed to Jeff and Jeff wasn't ready yet to answer it, but he promised that he would answer that question in episode 28. Yes. Episode 28, you say. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I can't do the podcast anymore. It's been wonderful working with you and talking to all the listeners. I really appreciate everything they've done, but I have to go to uh, Mozambique. Nope. That's it. We're going to kill off your character. That's it. <laughs> all right. So episode 28 is next. And I will tell you, too, is if you don't have enough reason to listen to episode 28, we are also going to share a big announcement coming up in episode 28. So stick around. It's going to be big, folks. One big announcement and episode 28, which I am preparing for as we speak. So please uh, tune in and uh, uh, keep the children out of the room, however, because it's going to be a big one. All right. That's up next. Until then. Well, here's looking up your old address. <laughs>